have a, they have a little extra praise going on, you know. Sometimes you just gotta let the, you gotta let the drums play. You gotta let the music go. It was a little extra over there today, but I'm so excited to be here with y'all today. Y'all excited to be in church? Hey, Amen. Are you expecting something great? I know this is this is week three. You know, we kicked off this year saying that, you know what, we're going to expect greater. And there's nothing wrong with us having some hope and an expectation of good things taking place in our lives, right? I'm in the right house today, right? Expectations are high. Y'all ready to hear what God has to say today? Amen. Well, if you're excited, go ahead and grab hands with the person next to you. All across the aisles and... I'll pray and get started, but Lord God, I just thank you for this time. I just thank you for this opportunity to come and to, oh, just to minister to your people. Lord God, this is such a precious time, and we just thank you that you move up and down the aisles and speak to every person what you have for them to receive today, and everybody will leave here feeling full of you, full of your love, your grace, and mercy. And I just thank you, Lord God, for just loving us so freely. I thank you for just using me to speak to your people. Lord God, I pray it's none of me and it's all of you. Speak exactly what you have for your people today. In your precious name that I pray, the name above all names, Jesus. Y'all say it with me, Jesus. Amen, amen. Well, hug the person next to you. Tell them you're glad to see them. And I have, I have a bit of an announcement, you know, but those of y'all are wondering, we, we will be returning to um, our two services at the beginning of our next series, amen. For those of y'all that's been parking in the back, when we start our next series, we'll be going back to both our services, amen. But it's been good to see y'all all together, hasn't it? Amen, amen. You know, it was funny. Uh, I, I woke up. I woke up this morning, and um, Amber, she's she, she's just two, but she's so aware. You know, so many things. It just surprises me and Rashida sometimes how aware she is of what's happening around us. And you know, she was standing there, and I was getting dressed this morning. And you know what this girl told me? She looked at me with her two-year-old eyes and said, Daddy, you wore that last week. I, I said, I said, wait, hold up. I said, look, first off, me and your mother have made a effort to make sure that in this season, we are being wise with our spending. And daddy can go get a new outfit if you would also like him to cut off the contributions to your college fund. I, it's, it's one or the other. You know, I can either go get me a new outfit or keep paying into your tuition fund. Which one would you like? But then God just brought this to my memory in, in Galatians 6 and 9. It says, do not get weary and well-doing, for you will reap if you faint not. See, the thing is, there's no way Amber would understand the value of college tuition and what me and her mother have made a decision to do, but she's just going off of what she sees. And I'm looking at her like, girl, Although you are fully unaware and probably couldn't even understand if I told you all the good things that are happening for you, don't get weary with seeing daddy wear the same clothes. Because you going to rape if he faints not. If he stays committed to what he has committed himself to. One day you're going to look up and thank your father that he didn't take the consideration of others live or streaming whether or not he was wearing a new outfit today. Don't get weary, 
girl, you're doing better than you realize. And it had me think just of how awesome that scripture is, right? It assumes two big things. God says, be not weary in well-doing. Who said I'm doing well? That's a major assumption. That's a major assumption to say, don't get weary in well-doing. So can I be weary? I'm not doing that well. But no, God's saying like, no, you got to understand, I'm always speaking to you through the filter of what's already done. I'm saying don't get weary because you haven't seen it yet. I'm telling you not to get weary because it's already done from my perspective. And how awesome our God is that when he speaks to us, he's speaking to us as it's already done. And that's how we can say, yo, child, don't get weary and well do Chill out. It's a done deal. And last week, we talked right in that moment about how the woman with the issue of blood. Y'all remember we talked about the woman with the issue of blood? Sometimes I just want to see, you know, I'll, I'll go all the way back. But y'all can save some serious time off these messages if you confirm some of these questions. This is the time where you start adding time. <laughs> But we talked about how, at the end of that message, of how we should not get weary in what we are doing because the same power that resides that we've always known and we've always held true to us, it still exists. One act of obedience still carries the full power of God. One touch from him still carries his full power. However, when you've been doing something for so long, it's easy to grow weary because you know, if I'm just one touch away, where's my touch? And we talked about the woman with the issue of blood because she went 12 years, spent all her money, went to the best doctors. She did all of this. However, she didn't let none of that change her hope. She says, I still know about a man named Jesus, and I refuse to turn my hope in, although everything from the outside is giving me evidence that I should have given up. And we said, nah, that sounds like the type of attitude we're going to take into 2020. We are not going to let hope leave us. And he told us that this hope is what? It's an anchor to our souls. What's your soul? Your soul is your mind. He says, the hope you have in me will make your mind be at ease. Because when I said it, it's done. And that's how I can also say, don't get weary and well do. Don't you get weary. You will read. That's a period in the sentence. And so we went to Hebrews 12, and we said, you know, that's where we went and just start putting together. We said, we're going to build a case of hope. And we went there to see, man, it tells us that Jesus, King Jesus, endured the cross because he had a joy out in front of us. And we said, so first thing we got to do in 2020 is we can't just be out here just saying, God bless me. No, we need to get our eyes on what we are expecting to receive. It's okay for me to point out what I'm expecting God to do. It's okay. I know some people will tell you, just take whatever you get. Let me tell you something. If you just allow life to start giving you stuff, you'll end up with stuff you don't want. No, we came to Christ because he gave us a new identity. And our identity gives us a new position. And in this new position, we can have expectations. But not just any type of expectations. We can have what? Great expectation. And that's where we went to John 14 and 12. I'm seeing if y'all hanging with me. Y'all shaving serious time off the message today right now because y'all some good listeners. But he said, I've come. Not so that you can just keep things the way they are. He said, the works that you see me do, greater works than these shall you do. And that's where we took our theme for 2020. God said, expect greater revealing truth ministries. Expect greater. Wake up every 
day expecting greater from me. And I'm not just talking about anything. I want you to specifically be thinking about something that you know only God can do and bring to your life and wake up every day looking for delivery. Like today could be that day. Today is a good day to have a good day. Today is a good day to receive everything he said. Today is a good day for the fullness of his promises to unload on my life. Today is a good day. Now, I told y'all two weeks ago, if this type of talk frightens you, you might want to find a new church because this is where we're going to be. All 2020, we just going to talk about no matter what we see, it's not going to change our expectation. That's what Jesus was saying. He said for the joy he put out in front of him, he endured the cross. He was looking at what was to be received as a result of what was happening. So no matter what took place, he says, I know what I'm going towards. I know what I'm walking towards. I know what I'm believing for. I know what I'm focused on. No matter what they say, no matter what they say, and that's what we talked about with the one with the issue of blood. Because guess what? They was telling her, you should stay in captivity. She said, not today. I'm ready to risk it all. I know of a man named Jesus. He's over there. Y'all want me to stay here, but my healing's over there. Y'all want me to stay here, but my prosperity is over there. Unfortunately, I'm ready to risk it because I see what I'm going towards. I see what I'm going towards. We're not going to be unfocused in 2020. We're going to have a specific thing out in front of us, and every day we're going to wake up and have another reason to believe it's going to be done. Expect greater. Look at your neighbor and say, expect greater. Woo! And from right there, we started working. We started working, we started working, and we went to Hebrews 11. We said, now it's important that as we start getting our hope built up, that we understand that hope is important. Because people will tell you hope is just, you just hoping, child. You just hoping, you just hope something get better. And, and at some points, depending on how long you've been around Christians, they would tell you hope was weak. You don't need to hope, you need some faith. You know what the problem is? My faith is trying to tell me to hope for something. My faith keeps telling me there's something I should be expecting. Faith isn't a blind walk, news flash. Faith isn't blind. Faith is actually fundamental for your understanding of who God is. Faith is what gives me the ability to survive despite what I may see because I'm actually standing founded on solid ground. And my faith is everything that God says is true. It's true. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. That lets me know that my faith can grow as the word of God starts to be consumed inside of me. And since it can be consumed and since it can grow, that means it's tangible. I may not be able to see it, but I can stand on it. I may not be able to feel it, but I know it's there because God's words are true. They cannot lie. And we went there and it says it. Plain as day. Now faith is what? The substance. Faith ain't blind, it's substantial. Faith is real talk. Now people are like, real talk. Faith is real talk. If God said it, you can have it. That's real talk. If God said it, you can believe it. That's real talk. I know I went a little urban for some of y'all, but it's real talk. If you read it in this book, it's true. It's yours. You can have it. The thing about this book is, how many of you guys live in a house? There ain't, your address ain't in this book. But somewhere you read something that told you you can have the house you're living in. And that's the hope we're talking about. You read something that said you can have the house you're living in. And you said, I can have that. This book gave you the confidence to say, I can believe for something. Oh, amen. Oh, amen. We do it in all other areas. 
some people are believing God for a healing right now. Although the healing they're looking for isn't listed in scripture, but the book said by his stripes, you are healed. I tell people that's like an umbrella policy. All, all healing goes under healing. So you might not find your specific issue in the scripture, but it's an umbrella policy. If he said by his stripes, you are healed, that covers all sicknesses. The same way when he says, look, the things that I have given you, everything your hand touched shall prosper. Y'all need to start touching some stuff. He didn't tell me whether or not I can touch that. You got to appropriate the faith. You have to give the faith an assignment. You have to give the faith something to own. You have to give the faith something to take. And it's okay to take some stuff. This is now faith is the substance of things. What? The evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the what? Word of God. So that the things which are seen are not made of the things which are visible. And that's what we say. Mm-mm. 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 Not in 2020. In 2020, I'm not going to be afraid to talk about what my faith has told me I can have. Because until I give my faith an assignment, it ain't got nothing to do. And since I'm picking, and he paying, I might as well lay out some stuff that only he could bring into my life. Boy, and I love it, I love it, I love it. Oh, I love the smiles I'm seeing right now in this room. Ooh, I'm loving it, I'm loving it, I'm loving it. Because y'all knew this was true. God didn't call me out of darkness into his marvelous light so I could be at the end of the line getting the scraps and the leftovers and seeing what was left and figuring out what to do with the leftovers. No, he called me out of darkness into his marvelous light so that I could be a city on the hill so that I could be the light that people can see that can shine forth and for me to shine baby the lamp can't be on the floor the lamp has to be on the lamp stand Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Ooh, then we dug in deep we said some big stuff last week if y'all didn't realize it we said truth is what I deserve and what I expect, they don't have to agree with each other. That's the, the world teaches you to only expect what you deserve. Nowhere in this book will you see God tell you to expect what you deserve. Matter of fact, he says you were saved by an unmerited grace. You couldn't earn it. You couldn't work it. You couldn't buy it. He says, by my grace, my unmerited favor, you were saved. There ain't nothing you deserve about the things I do. You couldn't buy my gift. You couldn't buy my love. It's a free gift. That's the... And people will tell you, only expect what you deserve. You right, I should only expect from you based on what I deserve. But I never talk to him based on what I deserve. I talk to him based upon what he's promised. My expectations from him aren't based in the things I deserve. I don't deserve none of this. By his grace we were saved. That's in Ephesians 
Ephesians 1, and you can read verse 5. It's right there. Colossians 1 and 27, New King James Version says, To them God will to make known that what are the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is, which is what? Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we talked about last week how when we got saved, we got a new association. Y'all know how I like to say it. We live on the corner of Galatians 2 and 20. If you're looking to find me, you can find me on the corner of Galatians 2 and 20. You want to mail me something, mail it to Galatians 2 and 20. People are like, what's that? That's in Christ. Because with him, I've been crucified. With him, I've been, I'll read it. It says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And that's what we're saying, that hope, that hope, him being in you is the hope of glory. And because of this association in Ephesians 1 and 3, I'm going to read this in a New Living Translation. They should be putting this on the screen. I need to get my TV back. But it says, all praise Somebody broke it. Like, how do you know who broke it? They broke the TV. You know what I'm saying? I was, get, I was getting a good rhythm. My van of white. I was like working it. It was like. <laughs> because if y'all haven't learned it yet, you know, we love to get into the word and see what it says. And so I don't like to just speak the scripture. I want you to see them. However, I understand y'all ain't trying to be here all day. So the screen helps me be efficient. I can give y'all 30 scriptures. You ain't even realize it. <laughs> Young folks be like, I think I got filled up on the word today, but it was different. <laughs> it says, all praise be to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing and heavenly realms because we are united with Christ, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. And that's where we get the strength to say to ourselves, and we said this last week, truth is you won't start expecting less until you start thinking that you are less. But as long as I view myself in position of where I am, I'll continue to expect less. Because I continue to expect more. Because I see myself the same way God sees me. God sees me as perfected in Christ. And because he sees me that way, that's why he can say, child, don't get weary and well doing. I see you how you really look. Now, some people might treat you how they see you, but I'll never treat you how they see you. Amen. Oh, amen. And that's, y'all rock with me. I'm saving time. <laughs> some of y'all just saying amen. I think every time I say amen, he shaves a minute off. <laughs> but I want you to get it, you know. And that's why I keep repeating the same things, you know. It, it, I just keep repeating it so you can get it. It can be in you. And all 2020, it just will be in you. So I just keep repeating it. Now, I'll put a little more on there today. There's a little more coming today. Woo! Oh, it's good. It's good news. You can just look at your neighbor and say, good news. is about to come your way. You got to expect it. You got to expect it, you know. And I had, I had to learn this, right? I had to learn this because when you start teaching, and I started teaching, you know, after, after service, some people, they'll come up to you, you know, and they'll be like, good message. And, you know, some people don't say nothing at all. But I learned that that doesn't mean it wasn't a good message. Because the fact of the matter is, oftentimes, people hear a message, and they're looking for something specific. They're, they're, they come in, and they're wanting to hear a message that speaks to their particular situation. And so they hear the message from a perspective. 
And that's okay, because you should hear the message based upon where you are. And you should immediately say, how is this message important to me? You should say that. The thing about it is, is sometimes the message is there to challenge your perspective. And so those are the moments where you don't get as many good amens afterwards because the message wasn't there to necessarily agree with what you knew. It was there to challenge what you knew. And that's what tells us in 2 Timothy 2 and 16. It says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And that's why I'd be laughing at people that say, man, God don't want me to do nothing. That's interesting because he said his word is to prepare and equip you to do good work. I'll, I'll leave it right there. Just when you get a chance, swing around Timothy. He has some stuff to say. <laughs> He has nothing to say. You might want to find out why he made it in the book. <laughs> but what you quickly start to realize, and anybody, you know, anybody that's ever been a part of any type of um, public speaking or anything like that, you understand how important the listener is to the effectiveness of the message. The listener is important. Look, you never say the listener's important. And Jesus even recognized this. You know, in Mark 6, and this is when I would use my TV. In Mark 6, in New Living Translation, if y'all counting, we, we up to about 13 scriptures at this point. And I just love it, you know. I loved how technology just makes that thing so smooth, you know. It's like when they started making medicine taste like strawberry. <laughs> Amber still thinks it's candy. And we're going to let her think it's candy, you know. <laughs> But in Mark 6, this is Jesus sharing this with us. He says, then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. And what is he selling? He's selling the listener is important. Jesus is like, I was ineffective to the level I could have been effective because these folks were so familiar with me. I am Jesus. They're like, no. You, no, yeah, I think you Jesus. But your brothers is over there. And there go your mother. And there go your daddy. And they literally made him ineffective simply because of familiarity. Y'all say the listener is important. You know, and I saw this, you know, before. I mean, y'all, y'all, I'm going to take y'all back a little ways, you know. We can go back to elementary school. Y'all remember that game, elementary school, where, like, the person, and I'm going to tell you the game. I know some, some of y'all are like, no, I don't. I haven't said the game yet. <laughs> but there was a game in elementary school where people would line up, and you would go to the first person in the line, and you would tell them a statement. And see what would come out on the other end. Y'all want to play that game real quick? We not. But trust me, if you ever played the game before, how many of y'all played that game before? If you ever played the game before, it was a rare chance that by the time it got to the end of the line, the same statement came out. Because people tend to take what they hear and pass it through what they want. And so by the time we got to the end, there was a lot of wants mixed in to what was said in the beginning. Amen. Y'all learned a lot about the word of God in elementary school. Some of y'all need to start getting y'all info firsthand. In elementary school, you learned it ain't good to pass it through too many mouths. I need to hear from King Jesus myself. I need to read this book myself. Because once it goes through it don't always make it to the end the same way. 
And it hit different when I read it than when I heard it and figured it just sounded good, so I'll rock with it. Some people have been rocking with the faith. But in 2020, you're going to have the faith in which God said he poured out into you. Amen? Amen. So, y'all ready for today's message? Yeah. <laughs> Turn with me. I'm serious. I ain't even preached the message yet. Turn with me to Acts 3, <laughs> verse 1, and I'm going to be reading this in the New King James Version. And I thought it would be appropriate because we were talking about greater works, and Jesus told his disciples, and he told them that, you know, the works that you see me do and greater works than these will you also do. And I just found it appropriate for us to just go read some of those works that some of them did. And anything out of Acts, when it says Acts of the Apostles, those are the actual things that the apostles did It's the power that Jesus left them. And so when people are like, I don't know if I can do the greater works, there's a whole book called Acts that will show you that people took the power Jesus left and did some stuff. And that means what? You can do some stuff. Because the same power he left them is the same power living in you. Y'all want to hear the title of today's message? Tell your neighbor, say, same speech. Different audience. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid, who they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And they're saying at this point, the man who was laid there saw Peter and John heading into the temple, and he began to ask them for alms. And fixing his eyes on them with John, Peter said, look at us. And they're speaking to the man that was there um, begging, look at us. So he gave, him, gave them his attention, expecting to receive, y'all say expecting. expecting, to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. I imagine he was walking and, walking and, 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 and leaping and praising God because he put his hand out expecting money, but he left receiving greater. He put his hand out expecting money, but he left receiving greater. Well, I, could, I could preach right there. We're going to keep going. Because we have a God that does exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, think, or match. And I tell people all the time, what does that mean? God isn't limited to the request you make to pour out what he has to give. You may not even know about the thing he knows is best for you, but just because you ask for little doesn't mean he responds with little. He, he'll do exceedingly abundantly above what you ask, think, or imagine. This beggar had an expectation of money, but he left fully healed and well because God answers us above our expectations. Woo, so set him high. Set him high. Get him high. Why expect less if he's... Paid for it. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. 
and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Y'all say same speech. Different audience. And what I want to share with you guys today, and it's really not going to take me long, but God has some things that he wanted me to declare over your lives. And I tell you guys, anybody that's been here for a while, you know, I speak prophetic words from God just a little different. You know, he, he told me in advance what to tell y'all. And so I don't have to speak in tongues right now to put on the show for you. I'm just going to tell you what he said. <laughs> We were speaking in tongues all morning. <laughs> it's time to hear. But God showed me. And I really want you guys to think about this moment. Because here is a man begging. And he was about 40 years old at this point. And so every day he came putting his hand out, expecting to receive from people. And we can just about be guaranteed that he didn't always receive something every time he put his hand out. I mean, if he probably would have received something every time he put his hand out, he probably wouldn't even be on the steps. But it was a good place for him to go because he was on the steps of the temple. And many people back in that time would go to the temple, not to worship God, but as an, an act to impress others. So people with money would normally go around the temple. So it was a good place for a beggar to be positioned because people with money are coming here. And so I'll go there every day and I'll expect for somebody out of the goodness of their heart, these should be good people. Amen. Sometimes I wonder, why aren't there many beggars in front of the church? It seems like the perfect place to come. People should be walking into church ready to give to people. Well, I guess thousands of years later, they learned their lesson. But back then, it was the perfect place to be. If you need something, come to the church. And you should be able to receive what it is you're looking for. But it had me think, 40 years, y'all. And it reminded me of the woman with the issue of blood. How though this situation is a little different in the fact that she had to break out to go to Jesus. But he was crippled. So he didn't have a chance to break out to go. All he could do is do what he knew best to do. I'm going to go to a place. And he couldn't even bring himself there. The Bible tells us he got carried there every day. Every day he probably had to convince somebody to pick him up and carry him somewhere with expectation that maybe somebody would give him something. What are you saying, Pastor Brian? This is what God was showing me. Brian, it was the same temple, the same request. At the same time, he had the same issue, and the same folks dropped him off. It was the same, the same, the same, the same, over and over and over again, the same process, day in, day out, with the same expectation that maybe one of these God-fearing people would do something. And then God brought me here. And I tell people all the time, we, we want to speak to everybody. And God sent me here with a specific message for some of y'all. Because as we've been up here saying, expect greater, You've been seeing the same, the same, the same, the same, the same, and the same over again. Same people, 
same issues, same problems. They're coming at the same time. You're making the same request. You're having an expectation. But it's the same. It's the same. It's the same. And God just wanted me to tell you, his location wasn't wrong. His time he showed up wasn't wrong. The request wasn't off. It's the audience that had changed. He went to the same place, made the same request, with the same issue, expected from the same folks. But that day, the audience had changed. And God just sent me to tell you today, he's about to change your audience. You haven't been doing a thing wrong. You haven't been doing a thing wrong. But God is about to change your audience. You're about to have a new set of listeners to hear that same request at the same time about that same thing that's been going on, but this time, these listeners are going to be like Peter and John. They're going to be filled with the power of God. They're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost, and they're going to look out to you and say, baby, I know that you have a request, but we have something that's better than what you expected. We have something better than what Because some of us know. You are in the right space. God ain't told you to move. God ain't told you to go. God ain't telling you to change nothing. God ain't telling you that you've been wrong. God ain't told you. Now, there's some people that got stuff to do, stuff to fix, stuff to change, stuff to rearrange. But there's some folks in the house that there is nothing wrong with what you're asking for. There's nothing wrong with where he's placed you. There's nothing wrong about your request. But he's about to change the audience. Stick with it. Do not grow weary in your well-doing. You will reap. You will reap. You will reap. It wasn't his location. He was at the right place, expecting the right thing from the right people. Same speech, different audience. Same speech, different audience. God is sending you guys fresh listeners. Fresh listener. The business plan he gave you, it was the right one. He's sending you fresh listeners. Fresh Holy Ghost feel. Fire baptized. People that are going to hear what you said and immediately know what to do. Immediately know how to respond. He gave you the blueprint. He gave you the plan. Don't question what he gave you. Don't question where he's placed you. You are right where you belong. His truth is when God decides to exceed your expectation, there is nothing that can stop. Nothing. And I can just see him. I can just see him. Do you have anything? Another person passed. Do you have anything? Another person passed. Do you have anything? Look at me. I'm Peter. This is John. We are a different audience. In Numbers 23 and 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, 
nor the Son of Man, that he should repent. If he said it, he will do it. If he's spoken it, and he will not make it good. Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed, and he cannot reverse it. What are you saying, Pastor Brian? The promises God has spoken to you, they are irreversible. They are guaranteed. And although there's some people that you need some, to rise and do some things, there's some of y'all, this word is for you. The second thing he shared with me in Acts 3, in verse 6, from that same story, it says, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have. <laughs> silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I'm about to give it to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. See, he has showed up with an expectation of receiving money. But he ran across a folks that had a power living on the inside of them. And the expectation was money. But the audience has something greater. The audience had better than money to offer. They had everlasting life to offer. They looked my brother in the eye and said, I may not have no money, but what I do got, look at your neighbor and say, I got something. I got something. I got something. Tell another person, I got something. Everybody in this room has something. If people have dwindled you down to the money you have, they don't understand the gift that you are. Peter and John looked at him and said, baby, silver and gold I don't have. But what I got, trust me, you are going to want it. Some of y'all need to separate from some people that think you're only good for the money that you got. There is something on the inside of you that's powerful than any resource you can have in the bank. I got something. I got something. I got something. I got something. And it's better than what you expect. It's more than what you would ask for. It's more than what you request for. Oh, baby, there's a power on the inside of me. Silver and gold I don't have. But what I got... Look at me, baby. You want this? Some of y'all need to understand that what you have, they need it. A believer's first thought should never be, how can money fix it? Oh, no. Oh, no. A believer's first thought is never, how can money fix this problem? What you got money can't buy. What you offer money can't purchase. Our first thought is never, how can money fix it? There is a God living on the inside of me who has all wisdom, all power in his hand. What do you mean, how much does it cost? Baby, I got unmerited favor on my side. No matter how much it costs, no matter how much it costs, Everything I touch is paid for by the king. Everything that I say that is mine is paid for by the king. It don't matter. Well, what's your purchasing power? The blood. Who's your co-signer? The blood. I know you've been out here for 40 years asking for money, but you got a new audience today. Money is a resource, not the source. God is our source. And God wanted me to tell you he's about to take you places money can't get you into. Don't even look at things based upon what you can purchase the entry price for. God sent me here to tell you he's about to take you places your money 
cannot buy you access to. Expect greater. God is about to open doors your money can't open. Expect greater. What's my purchasing power? The blood. Proverbs 18 and 16 says, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Truth is, we should never give our resources the power to determine our reach. God's about to take you further on his favor. We've been trying to add too much stuff up. We've been trying to calculate too much stuff up. Put your calculator down. You wasn't good at math, no way. The blood of Jesus is about to purchase some things in your life. With that same speech, with that same request, at the same place, but there's about to be a new audience. Expect it. Expect it. Expect it. God told me to tell me, you won't have to do more to receive more. He said, God is about to shift you. God is about to shift you into a season of productivity. In John 15 and 5, it says, yes, I am the vine and you are my branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Expect you guys can stand to your feet Lord God we just thank you for this time and we just thank you for just loving us so much you said you sent your word and it healed them Lord God I thank you for the healing power of your word today Lord God I just thank you that as we walk out what you've deposited in us today, we understand that this hope that we have, the world didn't give it to us and the world can't take it away. We have great expectation for all that you've promised to us. And we won't grow weary in well-doing. We are doing well because we are yours. Amen. There's promises that you've spoken over our life we've yet to even read about. But we're excited as you speak them to us. And we will own them because that's our faith. It's our confidence that your word is true. And so we have a reason to hope. We have a reason to believe. We have a reason to expect exceedingly abundantly above what we can ask, think, or ever imagine. You're a promise-keeping God, and we love you.